Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Now Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, Dubai, oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bunch of good quiz of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlin and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw and an episode that was kind of neither here nor there, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, really boring. Um, I thought there was two things on the show that were worthy of objective praise and one that could be subjectively enjoyed, if that's your sort of thing. That's, that's three things in three hours. That's one an hour. That's not a strong enough hit rate. It's just not. I know that we have all figured out Feels like we've unlocked the secret to reviewing and possibly even enjoying Monday Night Raw of late. Um, So how dare they try and make a largely drab wrestling show in this wacky fun time that we ourselves have curated in 2022. Too drab. Like, just way too drab. Like, the lack of um, commercials was once seen as a bit of a treat when when there was a good wrestling show to be had. Now, like, you know, the first quarter hour of, uh, of AEW, you're keen to see what goes in that period where there's going to be no interruption whatsoever. It's torture. It's absolute, <laughs> Give me a serial advert or something. It's absolute torture to see any of this show without some sort of interruption, without WB being forced to break. So I, I never thought I'd campaign for the days where Raw actually rolled on, but I <laughs> desperately needed everybody in the show to take a breath in that first hour especially. It was... I, I, I assumed, Sage, when they revealed the dates of premium live events, that with a three-week gap between the Chamber and the Royal Rumble, that they wouldn't need or even be able to have a wheel-spinning episode. And yet, that's exactly what we got this week. It's just incredibly inconsequential, like, even by their standards. You could sort of tell when we were previewing it yesterday, couldn't you? There was, like, bollocks klaxon was going off in my head throughout this entire show of no one can emerge from this match with any kind of credit. No one can emerge from this match who is not going to get buried when they shouldn't be. Like, the amount of people who are in featured roles at Elimination Chamber or who who have goddamn titles around their waist who had to lose or had to get screwed out of matches. It's just a joke. Like, it's like it was not as bad as SmackDown. Like, did you watch it? 
I didn't have to talk about it. I took a week off. I needed it. There was a match, right, where it was Ricochet versus Ridge Holland. Ricochet won. Then they just did an impromptu tag match with um, Cesaro and Sheamus involved. Mm. And then Ricochet took the fall. They literally spent, what, 20 minutes combined with match time, entrances, commercials. 20 minutes to achieve literally nothing. I legitimately just said I'm not talking about it. They've done two things that cancel each other out that advanced literally nothing. Parody of WWE booking. I'm not doing it at all. And there was more of that kind of stuff on this show just... Being people that you don't want to beat, but who cares? We might not be aware about it, and that's absolutely fine. But do they get a lot less viewers on Sci-Fi? Do they, have they sort of taken their? Foot oh off Christ! The this is why they do it. Like there's yeah. never, they don't want to. There's no pride in most WWE shows, but that's especially true when they get shunted, mm. like when they get preempted. And this was just a show where it's like, right, we can't really do anything because not as many people are watching. Well, why? So let's why? Do, why not just do stuff? Because anyway? they hate you, mate. They hate. Oh you. yeah, granted, yeah. It's. I, I I get it, but I don't like, especially now in the TV rights feet era, where any given week, regardless of where it's shunted, you know they they would probably argue that these almost don't count. You know, it's like the same complaints we had for the Saturday Dynamites last year, where you can feel the low energy because of the move or because it's like, well, this doesn't really count. Back to where we're, I don't know why wrestling companies do it because there's still opportunity to be found in this. You might have like a relatively small number of people that have never watched a show before that might be given reason to stick around. There might be the idea that, oh, well, because we're moving networks, um, we can go off piste a little bit and we can do things a little bit differently and they can actually like turn a negative into a positive. But it doesn't seem the way anymore. In the, in the era of these inflated rights fees, it seems like like companies can just see this as a, as a bit of a free hit until they're supposed to get back to the proper business of it. And I wish they wouldn't, because I seem to recall, like, the the day... I, I'm, I'm only going back to, like, the late 90s attitude era. Like, Vince McMahon hated being shunted by the Westminster Dog Show. Absolutely hated it. But those Saturday Raw specials were sometimes a lot of fun, because there were... Everything was a bit different. You know, we were well into the point where you had the same set or the same stage or the same layout. We were into the, the you know, the big promo as the show, the unannounced main event, all that kind of thing. And yet... Just moving it, just moving nights, force them to just try a little bit of something different. And it does feel like the fact that pay per views being sold or big events being sold or whatever or nothing being sold in some cases has stripped that motivation away because it's all about what you do for the network that pays you on the reg USA, Fox, uh, TNT, whatever. I don't like it. I'd like, we're still viewers on a weekly basis that should be able to receive a show the same way just because it's changed channels. Mm, weird. Anyway, let's dive straight into it. We open with the uh, the quiz bowl, the final round, of the Alpha Academy Academic Challenge. If RK Bro win, they uh, they get a title shot against the Alpha Academy. Uh, the quiz bowl was hosted by Come on, Patrick. <laughs> uh, introduced uh, Riddle in Randy. Uh, <laughs> challengers, then introduced American Alpha, um, and he uh, we got a recap of what happened at the spelling bee and the scooter race. Uh, and then Chad Gable, who was just once again on brilliant form, interrupts Kevin Patrick and explains the rules. First team to five points win. Uh, I've not written down all of the questions. Apologies. That's fine. Uh, there was questions about US presidents, biology, cartoons, etc. Um, there was a, a bit where uh, Orton got a question wrong about one of the Baldwins, I believe, that allowed... Alpha Academy to seemingly take an unassailable lead. And then Gable got a question about films and movies, uh, asking what the most, I think, adapted Shakespeare play was. I noticed wanted him to say 
Hamlet, because it's got a ham in it. Uh, but he said uh, Romeo and Juliet. He got it wrong. That allowed Riddle to correctly guess. Pull it back to 4-3. Uh, Orton got a question about sports, and specifically the Denver Broncos, which was lucky, considering where they were. Uh, and it was a John Elway answer. I can't remember what it was. Maybe It's like Shearer to the Denver people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Gable's not happy. Crowd chant he sucked. It's four all. Next goal winner. Oh, and the final question. Uh, go to the Alpha Academy first. It's about metric conversions, of course. How many grams? <laughs> how many grams are in an ounce? Gable gets it wrong. Riddle's about to take this because, you know, he knows about these things. And then Orton cuts across him and says, you're not the only one who bakes, bro. Gets it right. 28 grams in and out, of course, as we all know. RK, bro, win the quiz bowl. They've got a tag team title match. Uh, and then Gable uh, is furious and sells for the buzzer, basically. Right. Um, this was, like, the crowd were massively into it. I love watching Chad Gable succeed. There was legitimately, again, more tension in the use of, like, Numbers and maths and like a traceable sort of way of getting behind your baby face. You're calling this the G1? It's the G1 <laughs> sports entertainment. <laughs> Legitimately, if you put some kind of stakes in the in the segment, in the drama... Otis will eat them. <laughs> people will get... Sorry, you're sorry you did that whilst you were drinking. People will get into it. It's exactly the same principle as the G1. Maths permutations, ramifications, which matches are going to have like untold significance that you didn't expect at the start of the tournament. It's similar to what AEW should really be doing more with their ranking system. Mm. Um, time limit draws, like the idea of an elusive thing slipping away from you. Like they nail drama in the context of this stupid bollocks, subjectively halfway entertaining. If you've got a tolerance for WWE comedy quiz bowl, then they're actual pro wrestling emulations. It's absolutely ridiculous. I, however, I couldn't tell what side I was on for the big in internal debate I had. Have you ever seen the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode when they go on Family Feud or like their version yeah. of Family Feud? Oh, Fortune? no, I've not seen this one. It's They ripped off the gag. Dennis Reynolds does the same thing that Chad Gable did where he goes on, he thinks he's the cleverest, most intellectual guy in the gang and he thinks he's going to win all the money and he, he fails and he starts, to, he really hates the buzzer and the buzzer, the more it goes off like his, like his delusional facade, like it breaks into it. They ripped off that gag. I couldn't tell her, I was like, I love you even more, Chad Gable, for pitching this and having a great taste in sitcoms or if I just thought... This is just outright plagiarism. This is outright <laughs> plagiarism, and it's not as funny as when it's always Sonny did it. Yeah, I like. I like. Well, the thing is, like Chad Gable succeeding. I think that's what you put it. Like Chad Gable. What we mean is he's having a good time at work. It's yeah. not like the characters obviously on their wrong anything. But you Quiz just ball to determine number one contenders. It's a farce. Yeah, and it was undone at the end. Well, th this is what I was saying when I thought something was subjectively enjoyable. This wasn't for me. Only because they were a little bit too ambitious with it. I heard first to five. Like, oh, come on. It went like, on a while. Like You've made a board, and that's fine. It's fun almost. It's more fun if you put some like ostentatious category titles on the board and then don't get to them. But the idea that you might have done is, is almost funny. The stuff you've left behind. I, I, I did like. Horticulture. Yeah. 
like I did like US President's Biology cartoons. I, uh, there was a great bit. I, I really appreciated Chad Cable when they were like when he was lording it up over getting the Stephen Baldwin question. He was like, "You should have read a book." Like <laughs> that. I, I, Every time he says, "Don't boo education," it makes me laugh. I don't know why. The guy's printed off like three T-shirts in the past three weeks, and that's to be yeah. admired. He's he's done well with it. Um, it's uh, you have to go a little bit with the crowd who come to Monday Night Raw, as we've talked about, not for wrestling, based on the silence that greets the matches, but for stuff like this, get you know, the like quiz, the... They should just run a quiz show. Yeah, get Monday to the Night quiz. <laughs> get to the quiz. Monday Night Pub Quiz. That's what it is, basically. That's what they should do. They got their Andy Orton, who is apparently the top babyface in all of pro wrestling. Don't know how it's happened. <laughs> Only took 20 years. Come in, do some quiz questions. RKO, leave. Yeah, like that, that, that... I... This went on way too long for me to honestly say I was still enjoying it, still laughing, it still popping, whatever... But the live crowd had a good time, and that kind of came through. Mm. And none of these characters, and this is so crucial when we're going to talk about so many that are on the show, none of these characters feel ancient, stale, and lost. None of them. No. Like, regardless of, like, how this is going to end or where the feuds are going to go and whatever, right now, when it comes to sort of previewing Raw or when it comes to thinking about who's in programs that you want to watch, these four are those people, mm. and that's like that's always the exception rather than rule in WWE. It's the op- it's the opposite to AEW's thing. Typically, you're looking at about eighty percent of the roster. You can think of the things they're up to. It's about twenty in WWE, and this yeah. and like this accounted for about like ninety percent of the twenty percent. Mm. Uh, anyway, following this, the Street Profits came out, rubbed it all in, uh, talked about the Mile High City, and uh, yeah, got themselves into a into a fight with. The Alpha Academy, uh, Gable said they're going to get their asses kicked. And Otis uh, laid out Montez Ford from behind. Then we got the match. Um, it almost looked like Street Brothers were going to get the victory. Uh, Angelo Dawkins gave Gable a silencer. But in came Otis to break up the cover. Uh, Montez Ford did one of his bonkers dives yet again. He knocked Otis out of the ring and flipped out to take him out. But that left Gable and Dawkins um, really like Angelo Dawkins. who often says he's underappreciated. Did some great stuff here, some good counters. Uh, and Gable put him in the ankle lock. And then they try, tried to get out of it, countered that. And Gable uh, rolled him up to pin him. And give Alpha Academy the victory. Good, they didn't pin their tag team champions. That was my. First, that was the only thought that was running through my head throughout all of this. They are going to pin the champions because that's what they do. Because like, you look at the booking. The baby faces have come out, kind of pointlessly, and issued a challenge. And they look like such dickheads for losing in five minutes. Like such mm. like deluded, weird dickheads for just thinking they could just go and beat them. It did them no favors whatsoever. The Street Profits, who I do like. Again, I have to echo your comments about Angelo Dawkins. Like, him and Chad Gable, like, working a realistic big man versus little man mm. match. Chad Gable, like, dissecting him and like maneuvering around him to try and deliver these um, power moves was really, really impressive. But the Street Profits look like total chumps, like total dickhead chumps for issuing the challenge, not being able to back it up like every baby face should do. Like, terrible booking in a way that... No one really cares about anymore, but it was still annoying. And before they worked me into the match, and Gable and Dawkins particularly did, and I was all of five minutes, but it was quite nice while it lasted, I just resented the idea of wrestling. <laughs> happening on Raw after they do a quiz bowl, it's like, it's not what you do. Like, just do something else. That's the cause of and solution to all of WWE's problems, isn't it? Everything Cedric has just said there is salient. None of it about the Street Profits will matter in seven days. Like, they will come out next week for their match against whoever, the Dirty Dogs or something, and we'll be like, oh, they've got a big win. Maybe they're going to be, like, number one contender soon. They've just lost. Just lost the champions. But it now matters, does it? 
Uh, I've no idea what Bobby Lashley is now. I gra- granted, it probably didn't help matters, even if they did want him to make a him heel, because it was a hero's return, hometown return. Uh, MVP does the big Paul Heyman, basically, introduction for Bobby Lashley. Uh, he gets a great reaction from uh, Denver, Colorado. And uh, MVP runs down recent events. Uh, crowd were not happy about the insinuation that Lashley only beat Lesnar because of Roman Reigns. Uh, he said to MVP that it should have been declared Bobby Lashley Day after his win, but instead, last week they found out uh, he was going to have to defend his title inside Elimination Chamber. Uh, he said, look, Lesnar does deserve credit for winning the Royal Rumble and deserve to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but it's pure fantasy that they think he's going to take the title, uh, Lashley's title, that is, at the Chamber and make it title for title. Another time they've said that, can talk about that in a second. Look, MVP wasn't there to discredit the other Chamber competitors. He, he did very good. This is the nicest possible compliment I can give him. Very good Paul Heyman impression here because he put everyone over in the match. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, two of the best that have ever done it. Riddle and Austin Theory, basically the future of WWE. But none of them compared to Lashley. He's the baddest monster of them all. Uh, and Lashley got on the mic to a huge reception. Uh, he wasn't happy about Brock Lesnar. He says, talked about how infrequently he defended the title. When was the last time he even wrestled on Mananaral? Um, Who is he, like a squared circle user? <laughs> he looked forward to pinning Lesnar once again, and when Lesnar wakes up in the hospital, uh, he could look forward to wrestling Reigns whilst Lashley went on to main event WrestleMania. For saying now, effectively, here, this got a great reaction, Hamlet. It did, yeah. This was, um, I think, their attempt, and it was an, I'm going to be generous and call this a noble failure, but this was their attempt to capture the same energy that MJF got in, I was going to say New Jersey, but that's not where Long it's from. Long Island. Long Island, thank you. Um, where somebody is um, a heel, but getting to be a babyface for the night. The two problems with that are they're just not elegant enough to pull it off in content and delivery. And also, they're so unclear at this point with whether Bobby Lashley is a babyface mm. or a heel, that next week he could be cheered in a different town. With, with this material, basically, without you lift all the Denver stuff out and he delivers this material and he might get pops there as well. So it's, I, I don't actually mind them leaning in on hometowns. We recently had a couple of hometown wins on Raw, didn't we? Was it? Um, yes, last week, Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, in his hometown. I was going to say it was only last week. So maybe there's actually a long overdue policy change on how to treat wrestlers in the hometowns and they just, they can throw out their usual character booking. But they throw it out all the time. So again, it's it's tricky when a company is so inconsistent to look for consistencies. I will say, because it just... I mean, Lashley's losing, which is another issue. Like, he's losing. They've had both him and an MVP speak this champion versus champion. If you didn't already think it was happening because of the cool allusions to your Hogan Warriors, to your Becky Two Belts, to these other historic WrestleMania main events, you absolutely must know it's now in the plans because WWE are telling you it's in the plans, which is really not ideal that you then send in Bobby Lashley out to cut these promos when he's not going to back up his words and then he's going to be left completely marooned bef- right before WrestleMania. I was going to say, do you think they even know if that's the case? Or regardless of whether or not that's the case, in fact, do you think they even know who Bobby Lashley's facing in April? Oh, I've got no idea. All I know is on this segment was just it was completely lost on me. I didn't believe a goddamn word either of them was saying. Um, the way in which the rumble unfolded, they tried to like address the elephant in the room, I, I, what everyone's thinking about how unconvincing it was, and Bobby's still a star and all this. I didn't believe a goddamn thing they were saying. Um, I think they've booked themselves into a corner. I've got no real interest in what happens on Monday Night Raw itself, like when this, in fact, goes down. It's one of those, it's like, it's the raw problem, but in Saudi Arabia, in a fun gimmick match, 
They've booked themselves into a corner. No matter what the outcome is, it's going to damage somebody else. And it's just a terrible affront to what the core purpose of what professional wrestling should be. We continue with another segment with Alexa Bliss. Uh, she's holding on. Someone always looks bad. Yeah. It's not easy to not do that. It's easy to not do that. She's holding the uh, replica lily that he's very insistent he got from WWE shop. They didn't take our advice and fill the room with lilies. the warehouse still a flog of these or something? <laughs> is that why they're... It is, it's, I want you to know, Alexa, this is uh, from WWE shop. And right now, if you put it in cold lily, <laughs> you get 20% discount. Yeah. Um, Bliss happy to be clinging onto lily. And then he said, oh, this is a, I don't know, loss exercise or something. Hand her over. And uh, Alexa Bliss, Oscar-worthy acting, crying, I thought. Sage, what do you recommend? Well, it's not the medium for an Oscar, huh? is there? It's not the medium. It would be an Emmy. Fair point. Well, Emmy-worthy, then. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever says that. Should have won an Emmy. It's always Oscar, isn't it, in the comments about it? You know, as well, like Big Show cried. No one said he should win an Oscar. Because he hasn't got tits. Did, yeah. did you ever see Big Shots? <laughs> at certain <laughs> stages of his career, he did. But he got himself in shape and it was too late by the end. I watched Big Shot Show. I wouldn't give it an Emmy either, to be honest. <laughs> did you watch that? My kids saw it on their Netflix Kids and stuck it on. I was like, is this the gateway to get them into wrestling? And it turns out it wasn't even the gateway to get them into television because it was just hideous all the way around. I caught Anne Louise watching it and went, what are you doing here? Quarter. <laughs> Quarter. Quarter. She soon turned it off. I think she recognised what it it's not a classic, is it? It's not a classic of the genre. I've we get that it. question sometimes, isn't it? Like, what's the uh, one like wrestling thing you wouldn't want to be caught watching in front of a non-fan? Like, your wife gets caught watching the Big Show show. <laughs> what's your, like, HLA or something? <laughs> Turn that shit off. Uh, Dan Housen, probably. <laughs> <laughs> one of your kids says, very nice, very evil. Where did you hear that? Because <laughs> it's not from your dad. <laughs> Uh, anything you want to say? This is another segment we're going to come to later on. Nah. Let's uh, cover it there. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, then we got a surreal match. Uh, here's me sat here thinking that Kevin Owens is the number one contender because he's been the United States champion. But anyway, it was a championship contender match. The United States champion Damian Priest, who they, they don't like anymore, apparently, mm. uh, versus AJ Styles. An enjoyable match. Like, these two work really well together, I thought. Um, nice counters early on. Um, at one point, Styles went for a uh, Styles clash, uh, but Damian Priest fought out of it, so instead he just lifted him up brilliantly. I don't know why it baffled me. I've seen AJ Styles wrestle for years, and just him lifting Damian Priest up, I was like, bloody hell. Yeah. It had gone up anyway for a fireman's carry backbreaker. That got a two count. Um, I, did love, I do love... This is a spot, and I don't know why, in any wrestling match, Styles, they twat each other a bit. Styles hits a Pele kick, and Priest gets basically briefly knocked out and falls on top of Styles mm. to almost get the pinfall. What? That's my little kink, I think, in wrestling. <laughs> I love that. Uh, anyway, Priest knocked Styles off the top rope because he was going for a phenomenal forearm, but as Priest ran off the opposing ropes, he came back to getting nailed by AJ Styles and his brilliant, phenomenal forearm, gets the pinfall win, uh, he's got a title shot for the United States Championship next week. Next week, and Priest looked angry after after the match. So he's presumably turning heel at some point. Yeah, probably. Like this was a pretty good match. Styles is in the mood at the moment. I, oh, I yes. don't know what it is, but he's. Um, it probably goes back before like last week, where we were all just cooing over the Rey Mysterio match. But he was one of the few memorable components of a one of the worst Royal Rumbles ever, probably. Um, I didn't like when he phenomenal forearmed Omos's leg. Yeah, just needed that one little bit of momentum. That's what I had. Um, 
and he was doing bits with Austin Theory beforehand that were again helping him along. So just generally, he's having a good run. He's treating himself to some good single stuff, having done like the done like some of the really heavy lifting with Omos last year. And I thought Damian Priest needed a match like this, and then couldn't have needed the result any less. It is so apparent at this point how much the audience have they're not so much as cool on him as they have given up we said this about i think like me and Sidgwick were probably good um like barometers for where the audience were. i was kind of clinging on to the priest thing just because i was like oh, he's all right but the main thing was is that they'd showed commitment towards him so i was like just because he's not doing much for me week on week the fact that they are looking after him undefeated street feels like something worth getting behind whereas Sidgwick was very much more well not only am i not feeling anything but i don't trust them so I'm just not going to attach that emotion. Wise. <laughs> Always wise. The audience were both of those things. They were like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll go. It's a bit silly, this Damien Priest thing, but we'll go, he's keeping winning. And they're mentioning the undefeated streak now. We'll keep going with it. The second that's been ripped away, they've gone, I didn't care all along. And now I don't need to. And that is so apparent in the reactions he's getting. And the more acting he's going to be act, asked to do with part of this like horrendous gimmick which was bad from the start and is now getting worse. I thought there was a two-week period where they seemed to scale it back. And they're like, no, no, it's happening. It's absolutely happening, mate. You're doing this whether you want to or not. He's going to be a heel that has lost a lot by the time he arrives at WrestleMania when at the start of this year he was an undefeated babyface. And I'll pick as a contender for the Royal Rumble a few months back. They make it so hard on themselves. And then they're going to get him to do that amazing flip that he does over the turnbuckle and be like, fixed. Well, everybody gets a big moment at WrestleMania, don't they? So, like, he'll get his big moment, but the con- the context of it, <laughs> the context of it will be hollow. The crowd won't react. He'll be a heel. It just they've absolutely flushed him. There's uh, a champion who loses every week. Like, what? <laughs> Why hasn't Kevin Owens got a title shot? First of all, wow. there's, there's no rules. There's no meaning. There's like literally the thing that should portray you as dominant or good or the best at cheating if you're a heel, whatever. You are a loser for holding it. You lose. It's just, I, I said on the SmackDown review, I cannot believe there's actually an AEW versus WWE like culture war and the fandom. Like, one company, whether you think it's lame, or if you think they do too many backstage interruptions, or if you think it's a little bit too smug and cute at times, it doesn't matter. It's still like, it's still the most logical promotion. It's mm. a wrestling show. It's a wrestling show. Like, the things that happen on this show, I was just watching it. Like I'm usually numb to it, but I'm like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? It is so unfathomably counterproductive and stupid. There's one thing that I might give them a degree of credit for. And we'll get to it imminently, like a degree of it. Mm. Even then, like it's just the stupidest. It's baffling. You're dealing with a faded mind. I, I, it'd be funny if, like, sort of, uh, I'm like, like double the amount of things Sidgwick liked in this raw. Says you like one thing. Right? <laughs> uh, we got the announcement that they are having a women's elimination chamber match in Saudi Arabia to determine the number one contender for the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. A uh, person who will face Becky Lynch or Lita after their match elimination chamber. So Becky Lynch. Um, and the competitors are Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Yab, Nikki A.S.H. and a mystery entrant. Very excited for the other dark goddess to make a formal return. <laughs> In an attempt to land on the grandest stage. Or since any nostalgia will be, maybe Trish Stratus. Yeah. I mean, and that makes more sense in a way than bringing back Alexa Bliss for it, because this is Bianca's match, isn't it? I was going to say, I said this on the news. Um, as much as I was like, 
Oh, okay. Elimination Chamber match in Saudi Arabia for the women. That's really gone from zero to 100 for you guys, hasn't it? Mm. But if you're going to try and re-establish Bianca Belair, this is the way to do it. Yeah, and like, fair play of WWE putting them in literal ones instead of the country putting them in figurative ones. The generations. Right, backstage. It's what happened like when... Out there, isn't it? Truth. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Backstage, uh, <laughs> Rollins is there with Owens. Uh, Seth is just, ah, oh, bloody hell, so good that Kevin Owens isn't in this chamber match. Uh, Owens says, don't worry, mate. Um, you with your influence, your support, and my determination and popularity. I've got a good feeling. Uh, I'm facing Austin Theory in a bit, and when I beat him, Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville, I've got no choice to replace him with me uh, in that match. Uh, and Seth says, well, you know, I don't make the rules. And Owen says, don't worry. Nobody I'll does. Ma- I'll make it happen. <laughs> Seth says, I, li- I like your enthusiasm. I've got your back. I believe in you. And Owen goes, you're not lying to me, are you? Seth just goes... I'm a lot of things, but a lie is not one of them. Good luck. This is a let it play out thing, isn't it? It is. Actual good let it play out thing in WWE. And as a match folded into this, can we do the Kevin Owens stuff? Because I'd really like to gush with praise for something on the show. Like, should we save it till we get to the match? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because it's there's the the other Kevin stuff to follow is, I think, where the conversation really Mm. is. These are great together, but what this fed into later in the show was. Rubbish. Genuinely good, I thought. Rubbish. Woof. Let's talk. Let's talk, Ooh, let's talk about it. Uh, right, we had then had uh, Miss TV with Ray and Dominic Mysterio. And I really like this because this is the first step on the road. Not even doing the gimmick here, Sige. Been looking forward to this. Miz is the poison that infects every relationship. He always just chips away at it. Anyway. Yep, anyway. yep. sorry, I'm cashing on my honeymoon. He uh, <laughs> brings in... <laughs> 
I, I'm joking. I love it. You brings out Ray and Dominic. She puts it on me for Christ's sake. Sense a little bit of conflict here, guys. I just want to want to clear the air. Let's see what happened last week. And they just show the footage of him blatantly, che- blatantly cheating to get Ray kicked out and and then roll up Dominic. Uh, and Miz literally sees nothing wrong. Ray says, "We we talking about it's clearly cheating." Uh, and uh, Miz goes, "Wait a second. Are you saying you think I'm a, a cheater? I'm not a cheater." Just look at the Royal Rumble. Beth Phoenix hit me, kicked me. It's illegal. Oh, I see. When you or, or Eddie use underhanded tactics, you're beloved by the fans. But when I do it, I'm booed. I'm called a cheater. And I was like, yeah, that's right, Mike. You tell him. Uh, he says, I was cheating. I had the opportunity to be in the Elimination Chamber. I should be in a position to go in there. But who got that shot? You did. Against AJ Styles last week. I beat Drew when Drew was unbeatable. And Ray just went, well, with Lashley's help. With a brilliant, excellent timing there. Crowd chants that he's a cheater. Miz goes off on them, talks about dancing with the stars. He's the only two-time Grand Slam champion. He's, but is his face on the posters, on the trucks, on the video game? Time to show the video game, which is out March 11th or whatever it bloody is. Uh, what, what, why are you on there? What, is, what do you have that I don't? What about Maurice? Maybe you could have her on the cover. Maybe you could learn a thing or two from Maurice. And she says... Yeah, yeah, I was great at the Rumble. Maybe you should call yourself Ray Marie Stereo. Fantastic. Even, even <laughs> I went, ooh, that's a, that's a tough sell, that one. It's a and mouthful. That's, that's me. Uh, Line Ray of the goes, week. Yeah, uh, thanks for that, but I'm all right. Me um, <laughs> um, says, I'm just, just asking for a little bit of respect. Where is my appreciation? Where is my respect? And Dominic jumps on it and says, yeah, that's right. Where is your respect? You should show some respect to my father. And Miss is like, whoa, whoa, got his big boy pants on now, eh? You want a rematch tonight, me versus you? No. <laughs> you got it. And then as they're squaring up, he goes, just noticed, Dominic, that uh, you're taller than your dad. You sure he's not any son? Ray fires. Oh, ah, let me at him, let me at him. Dom holds his dad back and then shoves Miz, uh, tripping him over the chairs into the corner, basically. Thoughts? Very few. I don't care about Miz versus the Mysterios. If this is the direction for Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, like, Jesus Christ. I don't care about any of this. Well, I feel like my thoughts should go without saying, but I'm going to do it anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Nine days. Oh, no, that <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. We're going to do it anyway. We're gonna do it anyway! I want Barry from EastEnders to really go global. And as the number one wrestling podcast, we can do that. Yes, we can. There was something inside me so strong when I lent over to my wife as the Miz was celebrating winning the WWE title in November 2010 and saying, 12 years from now, <laughs> my darling wife, 12 years from now, oh God. this is going to be tied in. You know Wilborn, who I haven't met yet for seven years? We've kind of come up with this idea. And 12 years from... 12 years from tonight! Um, <laughs> this is going to be the catalyst. This man right here is going to be the catalyst <laughs> to the most heartbreaking father-son breakup in wrestling history. And ever since then, have we not? Have we not said it was always going to be The Miz? Yeah. The, le- the lethal dose of poison in the Mysterio father-son dynamic is going to be Mike Mizanin. <laughs> Malachi's got his toxic jizz. We've got our toxic Miz. And... Yeah, finally it's happening. Finally it's happening. The road to WrestleMania, Mysterio versus Mysterio, starts here. Like we always said. 
I'm just glad to see it play out. Like we've often said, mm-hmm. let, uh, WWE said let it play out. Like, you know, we've always said with this one, let this play out. We will get where it needs to go, and here we are. Just what, what was next on the show? <laughs> we don't let me steer of us. Maurice blatantly tripped Dominic, but instead of the ref calling for a DQ, he kicked her out. Uh, and then as the Miz tried to take advantage, Ray actually tripped the Miz for real. Uh, and that allowed Dominic to schoolboy him, get the victory, which was described by Byron Saxton as the biggest win of his career. He is, he is 26, was it? 25, I think. 25. Shout out to Ian on Twitter, who pointed out that Dominic now is the same age Mysterio was when he was unmasked in WCW <laughs> in terms of legacy and the way this company talks about him as if he is five. Is un- like, they've not, like, well, there's two people I can think of that they've uh, infantilized. One's Alexa Bliss, and that's for all the ugly reasons. And one's Hornswoggle, because they associated being short with being a child, being a toddler. How how do they see him as this young little boy? He's 26. It's so funny because the layers, the layers on top of it, like the more you dig deep into their perception of people's ages, just owns. It just owns so goddamn hard. Like the kid, the guy, the kid, the man is 25 years old. All of the headliners are like north of 40 <laughs> or approaching 40. Nice it's like, woman. Yeah. They don't get what it's like to be like any age. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't get it. What are kids like nowadays, huh? Yeah, well, they're 25. Dominic is, based on Vincent Mann's issue with the WrestleMania naming convention, he's five years away from his age, never been mentioned again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like the, yes. No, he's too old. <laughs> um, how's he 25? Yeah. 25th anniversary of your birth. <laughs> Uh, anyway, then we got Nikki A.S.H. versus Bianca Belair. Um, Bianca Belair dominated early on, uh, and Nikki took advantage as she was posing at one point to, to grab her and target her leg, wrap it up in the ropes, apply a single leg crab. So Bianca Belair had to do her awesome offense, as she often does, this time with one leg, which was even more incredible. Fall away slam, body slam, delayed vertical suplex while she's basically hopping. Uh, Nikki fights back, and it's a tornado DDT. Uh, but uh, Bianca Belair kicks Nikki's head basically into the ring post, uh, hits the KOD, gets the victory, and gets some momentum before the elimination chamber. <sighs> like Impossible to care. I like, like, I like watching Bianca Belair wrestle, but like, so what? It's just so what. I, I'll wait for the matches that actually matter before I can like possibly emotionally invest. I'm just begging them. They've booked an elimination chamber, right? I'm just begging them to sort of inject any of this with some creativity. Could these matches have not been it's like Bianca Belair versus um, Carmella and that's a qualifier and that's how Bianca Belair gets in and just run six qualifiers instead. You've got, fair enough, if you see these five as the best five, there's, there's five other jobbers that they can defeat, right? Or it's the elimination chamber. So you beat the clock stuff for, Ooh, yeah. for who's going to get like the best place in the match whatever. some something anything any trope that you've got you've got loads of them I love a beat o'clock I, I hate it I mean it's I don't mind it because like within the confines of a WWE Cedric's going to hate me using this word in terms of WWE in terms of one of their telecasts uh, it just fills the night don't you say broadcast then it's, a, it's something that I'd, <laughs> uh, some, so, some to talk about isn't it beat the clock telecast is a is a Tony Schiavone word yeah. and Tony Schiavone does not belong in this company unless it's in 1989 and it rules I mean, that was some of the soundproofing falling off the wall. So clearly, <laughs> us mentioning telecast in this podcast, the universe is not like that. This match and this sort of thing they're doing with Bianca Belair has exposed me as quite the hypocrite. Because I keep saying, AEW, right? Do just some matches. Not everything has to have an episodic slant to it. Um, make, like, bridge the gap between Dark and Dynamite. And now that I'm kind of seeing this, but on WWE TV, where it's like, oh, they're 
they're having someone win some boring five minute matches to remind the viewer, oh, they're up in the rankings, we like them, take this person seriously, here they are winning matches to no other purpose other than to win matches, and I'm really bored. <laughs> and it really telegraphs the outcome. So if you hide on dark, it's probably a bit better. <laughs> I will say this shout out to uh, Scott Carlson, who writes our ups and downs article at uh, whatculture.com for, for Monday Night Raw, who literally called this the moment they announced uh, Riddle versus Rollins. And he was like, oh, yeah, I forgot the dreaded momentum heading into Elimination yeah. Chamber. So, yeah. Although I will say, I'm I'm glad they did at least an injury angle here, i.e., of course, Bianca Belair beats Nikki A.S.H., but watching Bianca Belair doing all the stuff on one leg just reminded me how min she is and how great it's going to be when, hopefully, she wins the world title at WrestleMania. She's the best at most things, and they shouldn't have buried her to reach that point in the first yes, place. Yes, granted. Uh, right. Something I'm really intrigued to know your thoughts on came next, uh, and it involves the 24-7 championship. Um, truth. Uh, Akira Tozawa and Tamina are running around trying to find Dana Brooke. What a life. What a life. (laughs) (laughs) When she she pops out along with Reggie from behind some boxes. And she just wants to say to Reggie to thank you for everything that he's done and uh, for looking out for and helping her retain this 24-7 championship for so long. She pops a little peck on his cheek. He says, got a good question for you, Dana. What what does all this mean? So she put him straight in the friend zone. That's what she did (laughs) right there. Uh, she says, oh, I, I don't want any of this to change. I just really love us being such good friends. And then there's a real bit of sexual tension. God, oh my God. Uh, and then they leg it before uh, Truth and, and Co. come back. And Truth says, you can run, but you can't hide. And they say, they've been running, and they are still hiding. And he's an idiot who goes in the wrong direction, basically. But we're getting another romance storyline, Michael Hamflet. Ugh. Right, I gotta be honest, Will Bond. You said a phrase that kind of made my skin crawl there, um, friend zone, and not because I just spent most of my teenage years in it. Because <laughs> I'm grateful um, culturally that's not really a thing anymore. That's about ten years past itself. Idea, the idea of a friend zone. But luckily, WWE is twenty years behind the cultural curve, so we're going to get it every fucking week. Um, that comes with all these implications and expectations that we're like, Reggie's done a loads of favors. How can she not repay him with full sex <laughs> and love and adoration? That's her duty as a woman. That's how WWE are absolutely going to frame this. So expect weeks and weeks of that. And when Reggie inevitably um, turns on and rolls up for the 24-7 title, it's <laughs> going to be like, well, he had to get a prize somewhere, bitch. He, he, <laughs> yeah, bitch. He just, he just says, grafted for that, and then runs away yeah. with the belt. Like, gets back on the run. Dana's not got the belt anymore. Um, I would rather this ended in, like... Like, WWE surprises in this ending, just like an actual romance thing. But it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to get, Reggie's going to get pretty ugly about it, or they're going to go full comedy. And then he's going to be like, you know what? Like, I thought we were friends. I actually think it's more than that. I think I love you. And then he's like, I love you too. No. And Rose up and takes that. I love you too, the 24-7 chat. <laughs> <laughs> he's covered all the bases there. This is so horrendously acted. Like, you, you know this because you did the... You don't cover all the bases when you're in the friends. zone. sexual tension. Yeah, it's just weird because she'd already said, I love this the way it is, right? This isn't a developing thing and we're thinking about each other all the time. I like you as a friend. Then he decides to do the whole, maybe if I try and you know, create this moment between us, I'll get deeper than that and all my hard work will pay off. <laughs> you don't, it's not a meat cute, is it? No. This Reggie versus thing. No. He's grafting, he's grafting, he's insidiously grafting 
and it's not the way to get <laughs> relationships. <laughs> if it's if the spark's there, it's there, mm. and if it isn't, it isn't. The more you try <laughs> to create that spark, the more problematic this all is. The less agency the other person has, the more you're trying to confuse that person with your value. There's no value, there's chemistry, and it's there or it's not. Stop grafting, Reginald. <laughs> you make my goddamn skin crawl, Reginald. You're honestly one of the worst people I've ever met. Yeah, I quite liked it. <laughs> and we got Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory. Uh, some nice oh, callbacks yeah. in this. It was like a Carter Omega, the callbacks. In this <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man, you c***. Um, I mean, the G1 sprint, I actually get where he's coming from. Uh, callbacks to when Theory threw Owens headfirst into the steel steps. I did remember that spot, to be fair, because yeah. I thought that looked like it sucked the first time, so I was glad they didn't do it a second time. Owens fought him off, uh, hit a senton off the steps to take us into a break. When we come back, Owens is uh, hitting a cannonball, has a splash of his off the apron. I like the fact that he was obviously hugely popular here, despite sort of being a heel, and on commentary they were like, yeah, he's a heel, but... I mean, he's not as bad as Austin Theory, so everyone likes him now. Um, he goes for his stunner. Theory counters it into a back suplex for a two count. Owens hit a rolling fireman's carry uh, off the top, which got a huge bap. Uh, he goes for a senton. This time, Theory gets his knees up, but they go counter for counter, and out of nowhere, Owens hits him with a stunner for the pinfall victory. Uh, really liking watching Austin Theory in the ring a lot in the last few months. Uh, I'd add this one to the collection, and... This can sort of be the point that we ease into the Kevin Owens let it play out storyline. Yeah, Theory was good again here. Um, right, I think, to to put him over. Uh, Owens, though, having one of them nights that you just, like, not that WWE don't know what they've got, because obviously they've, you would hope, paid a small fortune to keep it, I guess. But Kevin Owens is one of these few wrestlers that is often, Brian used to be good at this as well, a really difficult task of it not being clear if you're a heel or a babyface, and actually that being a little bit part of the story, often it's just because they've got, there's no goodness in that company, and even the babyfaces are nasty. But in Owen's case at the moment, he's having to serve multiple masters at once, and he did this in the context of a wrestling match. He positioned himself, as you say, as kind of like the, not so much a lesser of two evils, but just forcing the fans to be like, well, who do you actually like more? Right, well, in which case, I'm going to show a bit of ass for a little bit and it's going to be my comeback that you're going to pop for without at all betraying who he is currently, which is the dickheaded version. Mm. So he's a treasure, Kevin Owens. The match was decent. I thought they did a better one the other week and I absolutely hated everything about what happens next. Well, what happened next in chronological order uh, was Riddle talking to Orton about how excited he was for the tag titles. Uh... And Orton said, you know, you've got a huge opportunity uh, to, to main event WrestleMania on top of that being in the chamber. But tonight you've got to focus on Seth Rollins. Riddle said, I am focused. He said, right, walked off. And then came back and told Orton they want to have a party next week, toga party. And Orton went, you just focus on tonight. <laughs> good, good comedy stuff, this. Yeah. Some of the preview, isn't it? Broker, yeah, yeah, yeah. broker party. It's not in the right order, but I feel like we should circle back and do the Owen stuff because I feel like that's what you want to talk about, yeah. Sage. Uh, Owens goes to see, this is after the Leeter and Lynch segment we're going to talk about in a second. Owens goes to see Postman Pierce and Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville's got her arm in a sling thanks to Ronda Rousey's actions on Friday. Um, and Owens says, look, if I, well, because I won, sorry, does that mean I replace Austin Theory in the chamber? 
And they said, no. The qualifying match was last week, and Owens was devastated. And they said, look, no, you, it's not going to happen. I'm not even sure if you're going to even feature, uh, be at WrestleMania. He says, you can't do this. You can't do this to the people, myself. You can't do this to the people of Texas. I love Texas. Texas loves me. Uh, he talks about all of his history there, winning the Universal Championship, having his first WrestleMania there. He knows everything about Texas. The Cowboy Witch, the Rodeos, the Bulls. He points at the Bull tattoo on his arm and says, this might as well be a picture of Texas, basically. <laughs> uh, he says, I need this. Just please think about this. You and a fan. I hate this so goddamn much. It is unreal. They told you that the match you've just spent... What, how long did Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory go this week? About 10 minutes, right. yeah. Right, a complete waste of your bastard time. So, he reckons he's got... He's, he's an idiot with a bad argument. I've gone 50-50, so flip a coin. Which one of us... Which victory matters? Which victory matters? So, he looks like an idiot. Oh, I won this one. Forget about last week. Everybody fucking else has in this company. <laughs> so, can I get to WrestleMania? And she went, no, 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 last week's... Result was final. Why then have I watched a match, a rematch between Kevin Owens and Austin Theory, sank 10 minutes into this, right? Because I don't watch it on double speed. Like, it just doesn't, my mind just can't work it. It just annoys me in this weird way that I can't get. So I get up early, watch this shit, right? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making more work for you, Wilborn. It's fine. He's just wrestled Austin Theory, right? 10 minutes of my life. Like, I've been doing anything else, right? And then he goes backstage. The, you know, oh, well, this one, forget about last week. And this Sonya Deville character says that the result of last week's match is final. Why book this one, right? What, if it's got literally no dramatic ramifications, if it doesn't alter what might happen to the respective performers in the future, if... It doesn't reshape the complexion of Elimination Chamber. What is the kayfabe purpose for <laughs> wasting my goddamn time? Watching Kevin Owens, babyface, heel, gonna turn babyface, whatever, right? His big show is a prop device, a plot device at this point. He's not a genuine character who I can believe in. I've got no idea what to think of this guy. Looking like an obsequious, just little idiot. Being a little whining bitch. To management about oh WrestleMania, my big dream. You, Mark, <laughs> Mark Owen, Mark Owen. Say that. Why did this match happen? If the result last week of last week's match stood, I, I don't know why I'm so furious about this because this kind of bollocks happens every single week. But this one particularly infuriated me because they told me the reason why they did this match was to create this segment, right? But it's it's on it's quicksand. It's on a foundation of quicksand in terms of the logic. Terrible. It's the worst television show of all time. It is the worst television of all time, and it's still better than SmackDown. I really like the development and forgot. <laughs> and instantly forgot about the bollocks, as you're kind of allowed to do on Raw. I really like the development of... I was looking for where exactly we were headed with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, either as this tag team that we're quite enjoying or as a WrestleMania rematch because they're going to explode quicker than RK-Bro or whatever. And I got it. Like, Sidgwick's right. All of this was a device that existed to get to the segment because it was the segment that mattered. But then, yes, doesn't that make everything else redundant? Yes. Everything's always redundant in WWE. And it just obviously... As you pointed out yourself there, Cedric, you don't know why it was this specific thing because there could be 10 things a week that you could be angry about. Like, this wasn't the one that got to me, but there will be countless others that do. Um, Kevin Owens 
gradually getting more and more angry with an increasingly baby-faced Seth Rollins for getting these opportunities that he wants. And for some reason, well, I say some reason, no reason, no logical reason whatsoever, um, because they just change their minds on a whim every single week. He's banging his head against this wall. Bigger picture, he's the stupid person for picking that wall. He should have gone and banged his head against a different wall on a different night of the week. Forbidden. The forbidden wall. (laughs) (laughs) But unfortunately, he is where he is now. So he's having to, you know, in kayfabe, none of this makes any sense. Like, I completely surrender to that. What I do like is that we understand who Kevin Owens is and he's going to justify that his WrestleMania dream is all about, like, being like being able to show his kids what a good role model their dad is by wrestling in the, on the biggest show in the world. And he's going to have to smash Seth Rollins to pieces for that opportunity, isn't he? He's going to have to get his match by battering Seth Rollins so much that that match creates itself. And he says, well, look... Like, I did it at WrestleMania. I jumped off a sign at an empty WrestleMania, thinking what I'm going to do here when we're in Texas. My home away from home, which, of course, sets up Steve Austin coming out and stunning him at the end of that. In Texas. When he comes out in a Owens 316 shirt for this Let year's WrestleMania. Play out. Uh, circling back uh, to the segment that we missed. Uh, before that, actually, uh, Veer Mahan is still coming. <laughs> and then we've got uh, the Lita and Becky Lynch segments. Uh, Lita came out saying how excited she is to be uh, on Raw in Denver. Uh, talked about how thrilled she was to be in the Rumble, facing the likes of Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley. There was one name missing, though, Becky Lynch. And she started talking about her when Becky Lynch came out to interrupt. Um, Lynch talked about Rousey running scared before saying it was so great to hear her teenage idol say such nice things about her. Uh, she said, I declined your challenge last week, but that was for a reason. I idolized you, Lita, growing up. Um, and a lot on top of that, a lot of people turned up my nose at me, uh, turned up their nose at me when I arrived here in WWE, but you didn't, and I was really grateful for that, and the crowd cheers. Um, she said, look, there'd be no uh, Becky Lynch without Lita, but now there's a Becky Lynch, there should be no Lita. Um, she said, look, can you imagine the, an idol of yours trying to take everything away from you just before WrestleMania? Uh, she said, the title's the most important thing to her. This is the uh, most important time of the year. I've had to get rid of friends and fans to keep my title. I've got no problem doing that. And I'll have no problem putting you down. And Lita said, look, I'll admit, you are the odds-on favorite, but I've got no problem being the underdog. Uh, I was a punk rock dumpster-diving kid chasing my dreams. Uh, But thanks to the fans, I became a four-time women's champion. Um, And she, she lived her dream, basically. And she hasn't had a title shot in 15 years, uh, but the fans still support her. She liked her odds, uh, and she said, you should worry about when I become a five-time champion. Uh, Lynch said that the fans were all Lita would have. She attacked Lita. She actually beat her down. She made the mistake of going back for just one more kicking, got caught with a twist of fate, and Lita even broke out the moonsault for a hamlet. Love this. Loving this. The perfect use of a legend, and God, I wish they'd do it more and understand the merit you get from it. We talk a lot about the Royal Rumble title matches being an opportunity to give a, like, a challenger a free hit that you know they're going to lose, and we know Elite is going to lose here. But the same applies to the um, pre-WrestleMania stuff when you've got the likes of the Royal Rumble and the Elimination Chamber determining the challengers. The champion is kind of left with nothing to do while they await their, their WrestleMania match. This I'm going to bring him up again, The Miz. This evokes memories of The Miz and Jerry Lawler doing much the same. Something to do because the actual match awaits. Lita's promo game is better than it ever was when she was a (laughs) full-timer. Like, speaking with the confidence of somebody that obviously knows that this isn't a weekly pressure anymore, that can just come in and do it for the love. Completely bought. And and, uh, all the horrible blood money that she once disavowed. Um, 
Becky Lynch spoke with conviction because we already know it to be true, but did the exact right amount of putting over the legend before putting over why she needed to beat the legend, made the title feel important, made this actually feel like an emulation of competition. Not a single complaint. Even the moonsault was executed really well, and that's never a guarantee either. I absolutely didn't hate this at all. I thought this was staggeringly competent by WWE standards for all of the reasons that my esteemed colleague has just outlined. I just don't really feel a great deal of emotion for it. I don't know why I have to say this product. Hate it all. So when they do something like this, it almost makes you resent the stuff that they do so badly all of the other time. And it's just so weird how if you aren't, it's like just a hateful organization <laughs> that if you are not in it, and Vince McMahon doesn't have to look at your stupid millennial face all the time. Someone he once thought nothing more of than a whore yeah. who had to do live sex celebrations if you don't, you're goddamn fired. It's not lionized because she isn't there all the time. He doesn't have to look at her bloody face. Oh, um, you made me money once. I remember you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it pisses me off. Um, but like taking away all the macro complaints I often have. This is really, really quite well done. I even thought the actual brawl component mm. was genuinely really well done. It, there's an art to it where you can't look, make the baby face look like a dick. You can't do too much heat. You can't take the heat from the heel. Like It's an underlooked part of the business, how to do this kind of post-match brawl and who comes out of it looking good. I thought they both came out looking great, and I thought they told the story mm. that they'd articulated really well in the physicality. Basically, Becky Lynch is better than Lita, but Lita is not backing down from this whatsoever. Um, I just thought this was really quite well done. Yeah, really enjoyed that segment. It was followed, obviously, by the Owens stuff. Uh, and then we got Liv Morgan versus... Skip. Skip. Do you have uh, it? was now. This is a momentum going towards Skip the elimination uh. chamber, uh, which uh, do drop one with the Vader bomb. Uh, enough of all this, then. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. This week's five star review review is brought to you by Nick. Egg. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review, Nick Egg, <laughs> you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leaving us a five star review on there. Nick Degg writes, this show, man, honestly, for a long while, I was burnt out on wrestling podcasts. So many around talking for hours and going in circles. What Culture Wrestling quickly became my go-to favorite. Manageable episodes, incredibly insightful and open-minded analysis, and most importantly, entertaining. Thanks, Dadley Boys and Wilborn, plus the rest of the crew, uh, for keeping me company on my day and uh, watching stuff so I don't have to in the case of Manal. <laughs> for my raw review, five star review review recommendation please could you cover an abraham washington show from wwe cw enjoy don't put the enjoy at the end okay because you know what you're doing there that's reminding me a lot of people do not watch raw but listen to this podcast mm. i would like to reiterate okay follow my rant austin theory beat kevin owens last week to enter the elimination chamber the result of which stood so why do Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory? Just to reiterate, they did it last week, and the results <laughs> stood, so why do it this week? Why, why? What purpose did the match serve? It's not a match between competitors in the match of who can have the most momentum, which is the thinnest excuse to just bash out some content. So what was the... Tell me now, Wilborn. Well, don't ever say it. It's the best episode. It's the best show of the week. <laughs> That's do SmackDown. That. Don't... <laughs> 
<laughs> right, let's take ourselves back, uh, Michael Hampton, to 2009. <laughs> and the Abraham Washington show. Uh, what's the backstory around this? <laughs> well, speaking of no purpose whatsoever, the Abraham Washington show. Um, this was obviously awful time for WWE developmental, awful time for WWE's main roster in general, of which ECW was kind of a part of as the C brand. Um, they were just plucking characters out of thin air. They had a thing called the um, New Talent Initiative for a while, where wrestlers would just come out and wrestle, and they would either get over in front of the live crowd, or they wouldn't. Most of the gimmicks were terrible. Most of them didn't get over. Abraham Washington sort of had a better opportunity than all the rest because he was given a talk show. You know, it works in WWE. Theoretically, you've got time to maybe get some catchphrases over, get some memorable moments over. This often felt agented to achieve the literal opposite. They would sometimes try to give him the worst material imaginable to sell Tony Atlas doing a big laugh. Like, completely counterintuitive. Tony Atlas, it, well into his 50s, 60s by this point, either had before or after, I can't even remember, managed Mark Henry with his sleeves cut off to show that he had bigger arms than the rest of the roster because <laughs> he, he probably wasn't being tested. Um, so it just, yeah, this never particularly got Abraham Washington over. Um, but it, like a lot of things in ECWC brand years and NXT and then NXT Redemption, has a certain cult following for being so bad that if you leave it long enough, it sort of becomes watchable. It is dying in the buildings. Like that's what. Like we're gonna have some fun with this, but the live crowd dying on YouTube as well. You're judging by the view count. <laughs> Seventy-four likes. Oh, like it, the crowds do not know. They don't want. They can't be asked to boo. When did they film ECW as well before SmackDown? Yeah, like they can't be asked to boo. There's nobody to cheer, and like. Abraham Washington himself isn't enough of a star or a known figure to carry any of this. It was, like, always, always doomed. But they just, WWE just do not care. They would throw any urge at the wall on that show and see what's stuck. Yeah, the whole, to just distill it further, the whole idea was, oh, my God, one of them can kind of talk a bit. One of these developmental guys can kind of talk. Like, you can have a talk show. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think you could do out else. And then he went on to manage the primetime players, of course. Anyway, uh, in the clip that we've chosen, Too bad. <laughs> we uh, get welcome to the critically acclaimed Abraham Washington. Too bad for him. Not for me. Washington show is gone. By Abraham Washington. Uh, <laughs> they put a big applause sign flashing up on the John and just gets slight boos, yeah. effectively. Uh, he talks about the fact he hasn't been there for the past few weeks because NBC have been trying to seal him away and give him a job. Uh, they wanted him to replace Conan O'Brien on the late show uh, and not Jay Longchin Leno. To which um, Tony Atlas says, <coughs> Go on. I don't know, you're, you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I love his laugh, man. There's a couple of times in this where that it, you forget about it just long enough that when you're reminded, huge bab. Uh, he says, Do you know why I turned down that job, Tony? And Tony Atlas says, because you're not that good. <laughs> he says, uh, no, you big dummy. I turn down the... <laughs> you big dummy. <laughs> I like it because the Atlas off mic kind of goes, hey. <laughs> hey. He says, uh, I turned down the $40 million a year job because the WWE Universe would just miss me too much. It never works. Is it? This is, there's a lot of NXT 2.0 energy about this. It's like the guys that could be elsewhere, but there. It's like, but I wanted to come here. Why? <laughs> you just do not believe it. Anyway, he welcomes his guest, Christian, ECW champion. Was he the last ECW champion when it closed its doors? No, they were too vindictive for that, weren't they? Oh, yeah, of course, they gave it to Ezekiel Jackson on the last Ben Turner's favourite wrestler, Ezekiel Jackson. Huge pop for the final burial of Blue Dot. <laughs> Blue Dot! 
Um, so Christian's cutting a dull promo uh, about how long he's been ECW champion. He's taken on every challenger. He's beaten them. He's looking forward to future challengers. And then out comes Zack Ryder. Genuinely forgot this bit of Zack Ryder's career ever even happened. He's a heel. Mm-hmm. He's flanked by Rosa, 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 Rosa Mendez, of course. <laughs> Why? Just wanted a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference in there. Um, and he says, uh, who cares? Let's talk about some real news. Pick picture of Shane Helms getting arrested on the Titan Tron. Is this the part of the bit that made you laugh a little bit in the office? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, the hurricane has it been... Was, it was one of Atlas's later... I thought yeah. they was. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, a drunken brawl, I believed he got arrested for. Yeah, I forgot to check this before we came in, but I had a feeling this involved Chris Jericho in some like capacity, but maybe he was either in or out of the company at the time, or he was Chris Jericho, so they elected not to. Maybe it was a different Hurricane mm. Helm situation. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? it yeah. The energy, the vibe changes all of a sudden. I was like, oh, what? what we, we, oh, we do going, like, going down this, this road, are we? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Zack Ryder says, this guy's running around claiming to be a superhero, and then he gets in a drunken brawl like the posers in Jersey Shore. Well, yeah, it was this 2009. Yeah. Uh, what a great role model, uh, a representative of ECW. And then Zack Ryder says, stand back, there's a criminal coming through. Yeah, Chris Jericho was also... Uh I you see this? You heard about this? <laughs> Chris Jericho was also arrested, and he didn't get buried on TV because he's a star. Yeah. <laughs> also... So uh, he says, "Shame on Hurricane Helms." <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I should be described as the heart and soul superhero of ECW." Just a tiny bit of Matt Cardona there, that wasn't mm-hmm. it? Just a brief glimpse yeah. of what we're going to get—an ECW original. Thirteen years <laughs> later, it is. Uh, I mean, apparently, according to this, Hurricane did take it a bit further. Okay, shame on him. <laughs> Helms made a mistake, says Christian. Everyone makes a mistake. For example, our GM Tiffany forgot about her as well. <laughs> this really was the death rattle of Easter, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, she made a mistake when she gave Abe his own talk show. I made a mistake when I agreed to be on it. You make mistakes too, Zach. You got up, you looked in the mirror and thought, yeah, my hair looks cool. Gap followed by. But the biggest mistake... Was you not going? <laughs> That's what that popped me. Absolutely, an off-camera, just like yes. <laughs> no, just like nothing from this crowd, and then a gap, and then Tony Atlas. Remember? Oh yeah, my bit. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the next line. The biggest mistake you made is when you hooked up with Tila Tequila over here. <laughs> he doesn't know what Tila Tequila is. No. <laughs> Uh, they get into a big shoving match, and Abe wraps up the show there. What a classic. <laughs> sorry, a- sorry, I've, I've messed up the uh, the uh, punctuation here. What a classic. <laughs> a classic of the genre in the fact that every episode pretty much went this way. I forgot. So I remember just really briefly on Zack Ryder. I forgot that there was this... I remember the one trouser leg and the Jersey Shore. Oh, yeah. Jersey Shore rip-off stuff and all that. I forgot how dialed back it was. And how much he turned this up to get it over. And I can only assume that's why Triple H hated him so much. I bet he saw this like bland milk toast guy and was like, love it. And then he like started really spiking his hair, doing the like woo woo, you know, and stuff. And he was like, I don't get that. <laughs> I'm going to pedigree every single week until you learn. Get normal again, Zach. Get normal. Get boring. Just the way I like it. Like, <laughs> just the way Richard Fleer would want to see you work. Fleer. See you want to work. Link, <laughs> Link and walk Broadway's with a stupid haircut. 
Like, I just, I forgot that he was kind of this bland before he figured out that the thing you needed for this character was to just be as obnoxious with it as possible. No wonder people fell in love with it. So we go to the comment section. Once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, the Dadly Boys, or anyone who watched Culture Wrestling. Sparse! I think it's fair to say these comments. Uh, but I did uh, go down a bit of a rabbit hole, which you may realise when we get to the third comment. Uh, KB writes, this guy was the definition of natural charisma. I really hope that they're talking about Christian and not Abraham Washington there. <laughs> Tony Atlas, isn't it? <laughs> Tony Atlas sounds like Barney Rubble, writes Jason Watson. <laughs> yeah. It's a story around this time. Might be a couple of years before. Was it not um, CM Punk saying that uh, Tony Atlas didn't know that he was a trainee at like, one of the developmentals yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> and he just called him out for us and he's, I'm a, I'm a worker, Tony. Like, go and get my bags. Uh, then the comments take a, a turn, Michael Sitchin. Oh, sure they Can do. you guess who the comments focus on in this segment with Abraham Washington, Christian, and Zack Ryder and Tony Atlas? Is it Rosa Mendes? It is Rosa Mendes. Yeah. It is Rosa Mendes. MHS Football 76, right? I'd do anything for her. Anything. So that's nice to know. All right, Reggie. K97. <laughs> K97 writes, I didn't even know this was a thing. I have a nostalgia boner right now. <laughs> God. God. You want? Uh, <sighs> Mo continues the uh, thread here on Rosa Mendez. Right. In. I love Rosa Mendez and I love ass. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote that. Uh, Mo. That is keeping well. <laughs> Still on a mission, but it's for ass. Yes. <laughs> uh, Recently, he's doing better after his health. Oh, God, I didn't even realise that. Oh, that was, okay, okay. Just doing him, just doing him, just doing him a little bit. Oh, God, yeah. Jump down your throat. No. I don't think he did, by the phrase, because he's more sensitive than that. Yeah. And get well soon, Mo, if he's poorly. Yeah, he's really yeah. poorly. Uh, final comment comes from uh, Jack We Doyle. love Mo. Yeah. Culture. We're Mo guys. Um, Jack Doyle. Uh, this clip we watched was about four minutes, about halfway through. Uh, is when Zack Ryder and, and, and Rosa Mendes walks out. And uh, once again, these do not reflect the views of myself, Daddy Boy's Rock Culture Wrestling. It's Jack Doyle, just if anyone was watching and was like, Ugh, let's get to the bit with Zack Ryder and Rosa Mendes. Right, if you skip to 205, you will jizz. <laughs> 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 oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Right, if you, I love this. Right. If on the you, internet where there is pornography. What's the minutes again? Uh, 2.05. If you skip to 2.05, you will see a clothed woman. <laughs> so sexy to this man that presumably he's flaccid watching this whole thing. <laughs> that the mere sight of Rosa Mendes in a, in a clingy dress will just... In gorgeous cock, <laughs> blood, cock, spunk, whoa, which will spontaneously ejaculate. Like, the second enough blood in it can do the job. Just imagine, like, something else. All right, yeah, see you later. Have a good day. It's curtains closed. Abraham Washington Show, <laughs> 2009. Get him. So thanks to Nick Day. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> you will chill. You will chill. You will jizz. You will jizz. You don't touch your cock. I, 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 don't, I don't actually touch my cock. What's it? What's if you skip to two or five? You will jizz. Yeah. Nobody's ever said that about the cruiserweight show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Just ah. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. 
Yeah, maybe because maybe it wasn't excitement that the comment. It was a warning. Warning if you get to two hundred five. Well, that's so the south part with the brown noise where everybody yeah. hits himself. <laughs> you don't actually have to touch it, cat. <laughs> <laughs> to manipulate yourself the issue. So thanks to Nick Degg for suggesting that. If you want to suggest oh, something God. short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review. You will jizz. You I will jizz. Touch my cock. Until I get to started the Abraham uh, Washington show starring <laughs> Rosamund. <Rosa Mendes. laughs> we started Com Tuesday early today. So thanks to Nick Degg for that. What a culture wrestling on iTunes if you want to suggest something. Uh, short crap and like wrestling rated for us to review. We return to Monday Night Raw and we're so close to the main event, Sid. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, great. There's literally another Alexa Bliss segment we're and then we're the main event. We're so close and Alexa Bliss is coming, so we're going to be so close and then you will jizz. Um, Bliss cried and handed back the fucking doll. Uh, but she said, he said, you know, I know, he got upset, but you remain calm and that's progress, said the porn star slash psychiatrist that she's working with. <laughs> uh, is there something about the fact that he always black? Black dye, black shirt, black suit. (laughs) (laughs) The black goddess. Show off the white jizz. Uh, Bliss talked about getting caught up by another dr- cut off, sorry, by another driver, uh, but she didn't retaliate. She took a deep breath and remained. What if he's an agent of Wyndham? (laughs) 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 On if like imagine eight to ten weeks of like as Twitter tells us, the return of the dark goddess. And then, honestly, like, Vince just wakes up and says, where's that fucking friend? And he just <laughs> brings him back, and that is it. Just all dropped. She's in a match at WrestleMania, and he comes out of a box-like structure. Mm. And it's a bit of LTST, and then make friends. Well, if she's in the chamber, that is a bit of a box-like structure. LTST. She got, uh, someone took a part in The friend's got a lot of history in Saudi Arabia. And then she was in the, she was in the store buying groceries. And uh, some evil creature of a woman took a like she was in a queue for bloody ages, and someone just came. I thought Lily was a maid. Well, it's what I don't get because I also no one ever, ever says, "Oh yeah, I saw this evil creature of a woman." Yeah, but she's crazy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, except point. like all the delusions have happened, and we see them. Yeah, she's <laughs> uh, and she describes a woman with skulls for teeth. It's Lily, basically, uh, and she said she chucked down her aisle and twatted her with a loaf of bread. Uh, and the guy went, hmm, I think we've got more work to do. Yeah, I got a job for you right here. <laughs> this was a bit of a result, guys. Heist from Raw, this was. They've been listening. We know they always listen. There was a real story. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Where, like, a woman tried to buy someone's baby in a supermarket in America. This is for real. She got arrested for it. And I think they've had a bit of a Zeitgeist Heist thing. Between this and Andrade and Darby Allen. <laughs> I wish to buy that boy. <laughs> I think, like, wrestling is listening. What did you think of this segment? Nothing. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, main event time. Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Now, just a bit of a... On the preview, what did you say this match was... Who did you say was going to be victorious in this match? No one. Oh, what did you say was going to happen then? There'd be no finish. Okay. Let me, well, let's see, Michael Cedric, shall we? Um, Riddle talked to Kevin Patrick about being uh, champion going into WrestleMania beforehand. No one cares. Um... Entertaining little match to start off with. I mean, Rollins power bombed Riddle right into the barricade uh, in a minute into the match, and I was looking just to see, like you said, with the let's just say history between these two gentlemen and their respective partners, whether there was going to be a few more shots laid in, and I couldn't really tell. But they worked worked nicely together, I thought. Um, Rollins dominates early on, but Riddle came back. Pele kick, forearm, suplex. Uh, Riddle hit him with a PK, and then took Rollins out with a dive. In the midst of all this, though. Kevin Owens runs out of the crowd, attacked Riddle, and we got a DQ finish. Oh, who could have seen this coming? 
Everyone. <laughs> so Orton ran down, laid out. Uh, it's oh. how you advance a fuad. That's <laughs> <laughs> how I get. Uh, <laughs> as I often get told on Twitter. Orton ran down, laid out Owens with an RKO, and when we uh, come back, it's now a tag match. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens versus Riddle and Randy Orton. Uh, there was bits of entertainment in this, particularly Rollins is fighting. They spill to the outside, him and Orton, I think, and he goes, hey, come on, Kevin, get involved. Kevin's like sh- selling still from the RKO, and he's like, ah, don't touch me. I just got you with an RKO, you prick, sort of thing. Uh, in the midst of all this, uh, Rollins gets backdropped onto the announce table by Orton. Riddle comes in, but Owens... Comes off and cuts him off with a super kick, and they work over Riddle. Uh, Riddle finally dodges uh, a, a Rollins frog splash, hits Owens with a knee strike, makes the hot tag to Orton again. Huge bab for, for Randy Orton here. Hits Rollins with clotheslines, a power slam, hits Kevin Owens with a power slam as well. Uh, hits a draping DDT, but Rollins blocks an RKO. Riddle tags himself in. Um, he uh, knocks down Owens, knocks down Rollins with kicks, but Rollins fights back with the elbow strikes and the hidden blade thing or whatever it is that he does. Curb stomps Riddle. Mm. One, two, three. The new number one contenders for the tag team titles. I've had a bit of a roller coaster tonight because they get pinned in the main event. Yes, Orton hits Owens with an RKO following the match, but Rollins just laughs and walks away. 50-50 everybody within an inch of their lives. So, but there's nothing new. You know, the people who are going to be in the chamber who they should be expected to think, yeah. oh, they've got a chance of winning. Yeah. There's like nobody's a winner. Nobody's even really particularly a loser because you just trade. They're all losers. I mean, they're all losers. Yeah, but nobody next week. Like the Street Profits lost tonight, but they won't feel like losers next week. That's just how WWE works. (laughs) One of these days, WWE are going to try and sell this as a way bigger match than this impromptu Raw tag was, and you're going to have to forget about it because they're going to ask like a a pay per view build of it or you know something like that where it's going to have supposed stakes. They've just let it fritter away as a fritter away as impromptu nonsense. I mean, I've got no thoughts on this whatsoever. I couldn't. It was some decent work, of course there was. A triangle hurricane runner thing to the outside by Riddle Seth Rollins. Great, funny, funny. Like genuinely, like they. Uh, I'm watching, and thinking this isn't. Game, this ain't going to a finish. And if it does go to a finish, I think less of someone who I meant to be invested in in a feature match in like what two weeks. That no good can come of this. No good can come of this. Therefore, I'm not going to engage my brain and enjoy the good work for what it was. Good work. Obviously, it's a hot take. I'm not goddamn Nostradamus. <laughs> not particularly prescient. Yeah, mm. I'm not trying to be like the guy from Network. Who <laughs> I can see the things they can't. <laughs> like I know what it is. Like, I work. It's like. There are other podcasts who go, hey, we told you all a goddamn long. Like, ah, no one has to be told. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't engage. I do the tag, and I'm thinking, if the heels win here, and did, was it like clean? I, barely, I can barely remember. Relatively so. Relatively clean. I respect the heels more because they want a match. Like, okay, bro, want a quiz? <laughs> mm. So I, I respect the, bit of the heels' endeavor and purpose more. The show sucks. Maybe it's LTST that they just can't work together, these two. And when they eventually do split, they say, well, signs were already there, guys. They don't know if they want to do the match or if they just like the fact that this is popping. Still plan. It just felt like, and I know stuff came afterwards, Liv Morgan and the Dujo Adler, for example. It felt like the main event, again, was, was Lita and Becky Lynch, and then this was just a dark match that we happened to Yes, see. very much so. That was the energy I got out of this. Send him home, happy nonsense. Yeah. And you couldn't do that because the heels won. 
<laughs> well, on the dark matches that I've seen people tweet about, yeah, they do win. Oh, good. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I, I literally was watching this going, oh, I've seen people tweeting recently uh, and sending us even messages about watching a WWE live event where it was Rollins and Owens versus these two and a big, I don't know, RKO sent everyone mm-hmm. to, to send the Phantom home happy. And I was like, cool, I can see where this is going. They've just become number one contenders. Let's really make it up like, oh, bloody hell. No, lost, stomped. See you later. <laughs> There's, there's a you know something there about you know Owens being left behind by Rollins and walking out, but I'm, I'm scratching around on the floor for, for find something to find from this. Uh, so let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where you can also uh, leave us a five-star review just like Nick Degg did. Uh, short crap wrestling related. You know what to do. Um, and we'll be back later on today, of course, with our NXT 2. But- oh! Oh. Preview. If you've never listened before, even if you don't watch NXT, we barely talk about the show. It's got a lot of fun <laughs> games to play. Give it a chance because it is—it's one of the highlights of the week. Let's be perfectly yeah. honest. Uh, right, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Thanks to the Dadly Boys. This has been a raw review. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.